But this morning, I, I titled my message, The Same Spirit. And as we, it's, it, when I say I'm going to read verses 1 through 26, you're going to say, wow, what a long reading. But they're short verses, so bear with me. But they are short verses. And as I read through this, I want you to try to take note and think of how many times this passage says the same Spirit. You're going to be amazed. The same Spirit. So listen to it or read it how many times it says the same Spirit. Hear the word of the Lord. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. You know that you were Gentiles, carried away to these dumb idols, however you were led. Therefore I make known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus accursed. And no one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. I'm going to pause. If you want to do a true test of that someone is truly a Christian, or if someone is, let's just go out there and say it, possessed by a demon, someone possessed by a demon will not say with their mouth, will not profess with their mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord. You may ask them, is Jesus Lord? And they may say yes, but they will not profess it with their mouth. They know He's Lord. Believe me, the demons know and tremble. But one cannot confess that Jesus Christ is Lord unless the Spirit of God is in them. There are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. There are diversities of activities, but the same God who works all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. Why is it given? For the profit of all. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by the same Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another different kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. But one and the same Spirit works all these things distributing to each one individually as he wills. For as the body is one and has many members, but all the members of that one body, being many, are one body, so also is Christ. For by one Spirit we were all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, and have all been made to drink into one Spirit. For in fact the body is not one member but many, if the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I am not of the body, it is, is it therefore not of the body? If the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? If the whole body were an eye, where would be the hearing? If the whole body were hearing, where would be the smelling? But now God has set the members, each one of them, in the body just as He pleased. And if they were... All one member, where would the body be? But now indeed there are many members, yet one body. And the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. No, much rather, those members of the body which seem to be weaker are necessary. And those members of the body which we think to be less honorable, on these we bestow greater honor. And our unpresentable parts have greater modesty. But our presentable parts have no need. But God composed the body, has given, 
having given greater honor to that part which lacks it, that there should be no schism in the body, but that the members should have the same care for one another. And if one member suffers, all the members suffer with it. Or if one member is honored, all the members rejoice with it. Amen. Amen. May God add His blessings to the hearing and the reading of His holy word. Let us pray. Father God, we do praise You and magnify You. And we thank You, Father, for Your presence. We thank You for that same Spirit. The Spirit that blesses us and is within us and anoints us, Father, to do the work of the ministry. And Father, I pray that we would each walk. Walk in the power of Your strength and Your might for Your glory, Father. May Your Spirit touch our hearts today. Open our ears to receive what You have for us this day. For Your glory, in Jesus' name. Amen. Once again, Paul is addressing an issue that is causing contention or division or whatever, what you will, in the church of Corinth. Here we are all the way into chapter 12. In every chapter thus far, he has been dealing with issues. Issues within that church. Trying to settle disputes among them. Do you remember, think all the way back, in the very first chapter, he's dealing with this group thought they were better than that group because I'm of Apollos. This group thought they were better because I'm of Peter or I'm of Paul. He has dealt with sexual immorality within the church. He has dealt with brethren suing brethren within the church. He's addressed knowledge and how knowledge puffs up. Those in the church thinking they were so much more knowledgeable than others, thinking they were better. This church had a lot of issues, man. They were messed up, weren't they? When you think about it, they were messed up. Kind of like the church today, right? I mean, there's a lot of messed up stuff in a lot of churches today. And God dealt with them. And God will deal with us today if we allow Him. You know, it's kind of been a discussion. How many different denominations did you say? How many thousand? Ten thousand different denominations. And you think, oh, that, how could that be? Why, why so many? Well, I believe it started back in the church of Corinth. When you look at all their difference, seriously, when you look at all their difference. But friends, does that have to be a bad thing? No, it doesn't. They're part of the body. So, well, one denomination, let's call them the hand. Let's call this other one the foot. It can be a good thing as long as they believe in God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit and know that we are saved by believing on Jesus Christ. They're brothers and sisters. It doesn't have to be a bad thing because we're a little bit different. They might sprinkle and we might dunk. But they're still brothers and sisters. Amen? Okay. Paul's entire purpose of every chapter thus far has been to build up the church to edify the church, to promote unity. And we can have unity even with the different denominations. And within the church, our church and the church, right? The informed part is where Paul began today. Verse 1 said, Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant... Many have heard the old saying, ignorance is bliss. Anyone heard that besides me? Ignorance is bliss, right? We've heard that. 
Well, little did I know that there is a definition for that term. You know, not just the word ignorance, but the term ignorance is bliss. There's a definition for that. Sorry, I didn't know that, but it shows how ignorant I am, right? No. <laughs> Seriously, there is a definition. It is he who never keeps up with the news or cares about the troubles of this world because he believes that if he doesn't keep up with that stuff, then he'll have no worries. He'll have blissfulness, right? Yeah. What you don't know can't hurt you. What you don't know can't worry you. And little did I know that I would experience a little bit of that yesterday. Karen had a procedure yesterday down at a surgery center in Baltimore, Maryland, Towson, whatever, near there. Procedure went well, but they put her under anesthesia, so she was out and sleeping very, very good when they let me come back, and we had an awful time getting her awake. But when they did finally get her awake, her blood pressure was low. Now, coming home, she's like, honey, was you worried? I'm like, no, I wasn't worried. But here's why I wasn't worried. Whenever they realized her blood pressure was low, the nurses said, oh, her blood pressure is a little low. They didn't tell me how low it was. It wasn't until she was about to be released that I found out that, okay, what's normal? 120 over 70? Well, the 70, the bottom number of hers was 30-something. So, ignorance was bliss. See, I didn't worry because I did not know. <laughs> I thought when they said a little low, I thought maybe, you know, just a few points. Had I known, I probably would have been worrying. So, praise the Lord that I was blissful because I didn't know. <laughs> See, ignorance is bliss. It proves it. <laughs> See, la laughter's good, right? But it did go well, sir. It went well. The procedure went well, rather. Uh, and they did finally get it to come back up some. I believe we did leave with it still being some low because uh, they gave me the number of the doctor from his cell phone number, actually, from my pocket. You need this on the way home, call him. So, yeah, now I get to worry. <laughs> right? All right. Ignorance is the lack of knowledge. It is the lack of awareness. That's what ignorance means. God did not and does not want us to worry, but He does want us to have knowledge. He does want us to have understanding. Paul wanted them to have understanding. We are not... Okay, it, it was okay to be ignorant about that. But he does not want us to be ignorant about the things of God. Right. He does not want us to be ignorant about salvation, about what we, how we should live our lives. He does not want us to be ignorant about such things. He want us, wants us to be aware, to have understanding. We ought to desire... Understanding. We ought to search diligently for understanding of God's Word. We ought to search diligently for truth and for knowledge. Not the kind that puffs up, but the kind that builds up and builds unity is the truth that we should be seeking. John Wesley shared this story about the importance of instructing. He said, he titled it, Sets is Natural Religion. He said, we, I read of an ancient king who desiring to ascertain what was the natural language of man, he ordered that two infants, as soon as they were born, to be conveyed to a place prepared for them, where they would be brought up without any instruction at all, without ever hearing a human voice. What happened? 
when they were, after a very long time, brought out of their confinement, they spake no language at all. They uttered only inarticulate sounds like those of other animals. This teaches us that if two infants in like manner were to be brought up from the room without ever being instructed in any religion, there is little room to doubt, unless the grace of God intervenes, that the results would be the same. They would have no religion at all. They would have no more knowledge of God than the beasts of the field, than the wild donkeys and the colts. Such is natural religion, abstracted from the traditional and from the influences of God's Spirit. How important, friends, is instruction. How important it is that we instruct our young ones, our little ones. Instruct them in the ways of God. So that they can understand God and know God. I wonder how many children today in our society that are not being instructed, taught about God. Something we truly need to pray for. Verse 4 through 6 said, There are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are diversities of ministries, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of activities, but it is the same God who works all in all. Diversity is a topic that many of us understand today in our culture in America. We can kind of relate to that, can we not? Because our nation is a very diverse nation. As we look around our nation, we have people from all over the world that live in this nation or are part of it. And it's a wonderful thing. So we understand diversity. There are some that have a hard time accepting and dealing with those that are different. We need to pray that God will help us Amen. to receive and understand those that are different than us. But because, you know, the truth is that we are all made unique. We are uniquely different, each and every one of us, because God made us that way. Each and every one. I don't care what nation we come from. I don't care what colors our skin is or anything. God made us uniquely different. Every, every single person Every single person has a different fingerprint. Isn't that amazing? Every last one of us. Exactly. Think of the population of the world. There's no two fingerprints the same. Our eyes are different. Remember that, that those little scanners you could look into for security purposes? Everybody's eyes different. Isn't that amazing? You know, they might call some twins identical twins, but there's something different about them even identical twins. My nephew has twins, and they are very close to identical, but you know what? They're not perfectly identical because one has just a tiny little bump on his ear, and now I've got to look for that bump to be able to tell them apart. <laughs> so we're all uniquely different, made in the image of God, right? Psalms 139, 13 and 14 says, You alone created my inner being, you knitted me together inside my mother. I will give thanks to you because I have been so amazingly and miraculously made. Hallelujah. We are miraculously made. Your works are miraculous and my soul is fully aware of this. Are you fully aware that you are miraculously made? You're miraculously made. Did you know that? Nod your head if you know that. You are miraculously made. Do you know that? Nod your head up and down, please. Somebody help me out here. Do you know you're miraculously made? 
Does anybody in here know they're miraculously made? Okay, I got a couple heads going up and down. <laughs> All right. Is everybody awake? Isaiah 64, 8 says, Yet you, Lord, are our Father. We are the clay and you are the potter. We are all the works of your hand. Amen. Diverse, right? Amen. Diverse. So if God is that creative and makes all of us so uniquely different, shouldn't the same apply to the spiritual side of things? The same Spirit, different gifts, but each one is given by God, uniquely given and, and used for the edification of? Is it for myself? For all, right? For all. You know the Scripture in Hebrews says that God is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. But that does not mean that God does not do things different. Right? That does not mean that God doesn't once in a while do things different. I mean, look at Jesus' ministry here on earth. Just, let's just focus on healing of the blind. In Mark 10, He simply touches the eyes of a blind man and heals him. Mark 8, He spits on the blind man's eyes. Ugh. And then heals him. In John 9, He spits on the ground and makes him clay and puts it in there. I'll tell you what He was doing there. He was creating eyeballs because the man had none. He was creating there. But even Jesus did things differently, diversely, right? So since the Lord worked in many different ways, would not the Holy Spirit also work in diverse ways? Amen. But by the same Spirit. Amen? The problem found in Corinth was that they were arguing, we have the best gifts. My gift's better than yours. Right? Paul lists the spiritual gifts and shows that they are given for the benefit of the whole church, Amen. friends, the whole church. And not for our private enjoyment. Not to make ourselves look good or puffed up, but they are given for the body, for the whole church, to edify the church. I love Paul's unique illustration of the body to describe the different gifts or ministries. Face it, friends, there are parts of our body that are less honorable than others. Have you ever told anybody that their feet are pretty? I haven't. I've kind of made fun of my wife's feet. But she makes fun of mine. I've got short, stubby little toes. So, you know, different parts of the body are, you know, they're not as pretty as other parts. Can I say this? My wife has pretty legs. I can say that up here, can I? There are parts that are less honorable. But you know what? those less honorable parts are very much needed. Try walking without feet. It ain't going to work, right? It helps. I could not lean forward like this without those feet. I'd be falling on my face. They are extremely important. They help with our balance. We have many parts that are less honorable, but very, very important. So why should we look down on those that have what seem to be the less honorable spiritual gifts? Because each one is very important, given for the edification, the building up of the church. We should never think, well, I have the gift of healing and make me any better than anybody else. I, am, I would be no better than that person that has the gift of teaching. No better than the person that has the gift of faith. You know what? If 
one truly had the gift of healing, why isn't he walking into the hospitals and touching everybody there and sending them home? Because he gives as he wills. When he desires, it's his plans, his purpose, right? Amen? Ephesians 4, 4 through 6 says, There is one body and one spirit, just as you were called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and one Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. Some in the Corinthian church thought that they had no gift at all. They thought they had no gift. That's the person that feels inferior. Says, I can't do anything. Uh, I'm not blessed. I'm not gifted in any way. I can't do anything. That was in verses 15. Have nothing to offer. My church doesn't need me. I can't sing. I can't preach. I'm not good at anything. Well, I want to tell you again. You are not inferior. Ephesians 20.10 says, For we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. If we say that I'm no good and I can't do anything, then we're questioning God's ability to work in us. We are God's handiwork. We just need to be faithful and do what He... It might seem small right now, but He can take that small thing and make a great mountain out of it. He can do a great thing. Amen? We are His creation. Some say the opposite. I have to do everything. <laughs> I have to do it all. They get kind of puffed up, right? They too have to realize that, you know what? I might be that presentable. I'm the hand, but I can't say to the ear, I don't need you. We have to realize the necessity of each and every gift, each and every person, each and every soul in the body of our church. We need to think and know and acknowledge how important and wonderful they are, how needed they are. We can't say, I don't need you. As he said, the hand can't say to the foot, I don't need you. Or the ear can't say to the nose, I don't need you. We need each and every one. Each and every one. You know, as I was thinking about the Spirit and the presence of the Spirit in our lives and in the church today, I was thinking about how God dwelt among the Israelites and the, those in the ancient times. He dwelt among them. How did He lead the children of Israel? Through the desert, through the wilderness. He led them by a pillar of fire by night. He led them by a cloud during the day. I think of Him descending upon the mountain and Moses went up on the mountain. What was it? it was, again, it was a cloud. But God dwelt then. He dwelt among them, right? He dwelt among them. There was a distance. There was a gap there. They were fearful to go to the mountain because of God's presence there. And even following that fire, I'm sure they didn't get too close. But they followed. He dwelt among them. Brothers and sisters, today, how does He dwell with us? Is it just among us? It's, I think someone mentioned within. It's within. 1 Corinthians 3.16 Do you not know I know I'm going back. Do you not know that you are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwells in you? And with that Spirit of God, the same Spirit that works all the gifts, the same Holy Spirit 
If it's dwelling in you, let's go back to that pillar of fire. It should be a light. What was that light for? That pillar of fire, what was it for? To guide them through the darkness. We should be the light to guide people away from the darkness. Can you receive that? That spirit in us needs to be that set me on fire, Lord. Set me on fire. Light that fire in me to help deliver people from darkness. The darkness of sin. And the cloud represents the presence. The spirit. They should... Everyone outside should recognize and know that the presence of God is within you through the Spirit. I can't remember that old saying exactly. I would have become a preacher if they didn't all look so gloomy and so much like a mortician. <laughs> Something like that. Man, they need to see a smile on your face. They see, need to see the glow in your eyes. They need to see the joy in your heart because the Spirit of God dwells in you. The same Holy Spirit that works all these wonderful things. First of all, let it make you look like you're a Christian. Let others know and see. By our actions, by our countenance, the same Spirit, the same Spirit works all those things. And if it has to start out little, okay. But Lord, whatever... Whatever you will, Lord, to do in and through me should be our prayer. Not for myself, not for my own edification or for my own puffing me up, my own ego. I don't get up here and preach for my own ego. It would be much easier to sit back there and hear someone else. But I'd get up here to let you know that God loves you. Jesus died for you. That's what it's all about. To deliver us from our sins. That we might have a relationship with Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. That we can be set free. That we can know we have eternal life with Him when that time comes. And that we can work and move in the power of the Spirit. But let's do it with a right heart. For Him. For others. Friends, that's what it's all about. It's for others. Let's get outside these walls and reach others by the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen? Amen.